Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And you're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, along with Father Daniel Weiske. Uh, here we go. Is this any better? All right. <laughs> Hello, I'm Deacon Dan Goshi. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we're broadcasting from uh, St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd, Minnesota. Along with uh, me is uh, Father Daniel Weiske, the, uh, the pastor here at St. Uh, Andrew's and St. Matthias, the administrator of St. Francis and uh, All Saints in Baxter and uh, St. Thomas of the Pines and uh, the, uh, the St. Francis of the Lake School. And he's the mayor here. He <laughs> does the street cleaning. I have seen him mow lawns across the neighborhood. Mm. He delivers papers, picks up garbage. Pizza, yes, too. pizza on occasion. He's not very good at the 30-minute thing, but, uh, you know, he's got other things going on. But, uh, yeah. And Deacon Dan, nice this, to see you. As long as you're here, I just want to make an appointment for my haircut, too. So. Well, so I know you do that, too. I do. Yeah. I uh, have a nice pair of scissors in the desk. That's and, a great pair of scissors. Um, the tar- yeah, I got a tarp in the closet, so yeah. we're, we're yeah. good to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's better than it used to put that bag around my head. That rubber yeah, band I mean, back that during the stay-at-home order, that's when I bought the scissors and the, and the tarp <laughs> and just started to take care of business. It's, it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Well, it's good to be with you again. Good to be with you. Good yeah, to be with all of our people here. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you think? Should we... Should we uh, Oh, I bet you're going to propose a prayer. I'm going to propose a, a prayer. prayer. Yeah. Do you do that too? Days. I mean, I have been known to pray. Okay. And you've been known to pray. All right. A lot of listeners have probably been known to pray. Yeah. All right. Um, let's do something. So let's do that. That's the most vital thing we can do on mm-hmm. a priority list during the day. Uh, for me and for you, I would guess that mm-hmm. is number one. Mm-hmm. It is number mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So we'll pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Loving Father, we give you thanks for your presence here with us, for sending Jesus Christ, your Son, to redeem us and to set us free from our sins. We ask that as we persevere through the trials and turmoil of this life, that we might be truly united to Jesus and his way of the cross, so as to share in his resurrection. We give you thanks and glorify and praise you for the gift of his resurrection, which brings meaning to all of our life and which promises that all that we endure and all that we offer in love has value. Please bless our show today and all of our listeners, all of our conversations in your loving mercy through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray, pray for, for us. us. Yesterday, a beautiful memorial in the church, Our Lady of Sorrows. One of my favorites. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, there's, a, there's a novena that leads up to that. I'm sure there are several, but this, this one that I'm, I'm, I'm used to praying and I start... Uh, is very very intense, very involved. It takes you know probably a good hour, um, you know, to to do the various prayers. It includes a chaplet of Saint Michael, the uh, sorrow, you know, the, the chaplet of Our Lady of Sorrows, um, reflections of the day, prayers from Saint Bridget. I mean, there's there's mm. there's quite a bit um, uh, in, involved in it. 
If you didn't do all that, you'd have time to give haircuts. I would. I could help you out. Do a little, at least, you know, <laughs> take care of the, the, the mustache and beard for you. But, um, but yeah, I, and so it's, it's, it's involved, and every year I look at this and I'm like, I don't know if I can do it this year because <laughs> that's a whole extra hour, you know, you're adding for nine days in a row. And can I, can I make the commitment? Can I make the commitment? And, um, and every year I kind of do this. I go, well, I'll just do the first day. <laughs> and then the second day, okay, I'll do day two. And then eventually day nine has, uh-huh. has come and gone. And, and it's such a beautiful and powerful um, prayer, you know, the, that, that novena to Our Lady of Sorrows. You know, um, that I, I just, uh, I can't imagine not doing it. In fact, there are many times by the end of day nine, I'm thinking, I think I'm going to start over and do this again because you're in a routine by then. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're used to getting up early and, and doing it. But uh, yeah, beautiful. Well, just beautiful in the midst of our world as it is now, just understanding that uh, in the midst of our sufferings, you know, like Mary, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. we just endure mm-hmm. them. We endure mm-hmm. the pain. We watch others as they suffer and feel helpless mm-hmm. as to what we can do. And we offer prayers, but, mm-hmm. but still, you know, do we know, does it ease their pain? What, you know, it's, it's a challenge for many people in these days, mm-hmm. um, but Our Lady reminds us. That's the path that she took as she mm-hmm. accompanied her son and mm-hmm. the other, other disciples. And, um, you know, she didn't save them from that physical suffering, but, but she was united to them in heart. Mm-hmm. And she shows us that this, this path has meaning, too, when our hearts are pierced as we see the pain of others. Um, just unite that all to Jesus on the cross. And I trust he, he uses it for good. So mm-hmm. what a beautiful, uh, powerful feast for yeah. our time. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful thing. But it sounds like we have our guest on the line. Tom is with us. It's uh, Schultzenberg, is that right? That's right. Good morning. Tom, it's good to talk to you again. I know you and I had a very brief uh, conversation, um, what was it, about a week or so ago, um, just to just, right. to line, just to line you up to, to see if you're free and available for this. But uh, Tom yeah. Schultzenberg, tell us a little bit about yourself, Tom. Yeah, so um, I grew up in central Minnesota, just outside of a small town of Greenwald, and a uh, uh, large family. Six siblings, four sisters, two brothers. I'm number three. Uh, my parents raised us all in the Catholic faith, and we attended our local parochial schools there until about sixth grade when we went to the public high school. Um, my mom and dad run a small electrical business at home and raised all of us boys to help on the job. And, but growing up, I knew I didn't want to be an electrician like my dad, so I enrolled at NDSU, North Dakota State University, for mechanical engineering because I thought that this might get me in the right direction for a, a good job. Mm-hmm. And during that process, my parish pastor, Father Ken Pop, at the time, who was close with my family and I've known for several years, asked if I would come with him to visit uh, St. John Vianney College Seminary at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul. And we were just going to go visit uh, another parishioner who we both knew who was there. And during our visit, I remember going to evening prayer and dinner with a seminarian. Um, during that time, I felt a great peace there, and I was very much attracted to the fraternity and way of life that I observed in the seminarians. And after a visit, I knew I wasn't going to NDSU. I went home, and I contacted Father Wagner, our vocation director, and I applied to be a seminarian for the Diocese of St. Cloud. Um, my choice was an altogether altruistic. St. Thomas also had, had an engineering program there. So I thought, hey, if this whole priesthood thing doesn't work out, I could fall back in an engineering degree. Uh, Little did I know at that time that God doesn't like it when we hedge our bets. (laughs) (laughs) And so, So, uh, go ahead. Yeah, long story short, I didn't get an engineering degree, uh, but I did finish four years at 
SJV, and I ended up leaving seminary after another year of discernment. Okay, yeah. so uh, that's why we introduced you as Tom Schultzenberg, and now they're not Father Tom Schultzenberg. Mm. You, yeah, that's uh, right. You were a seminarian and um, uh, discerned out. Um, do you mind telling a little bit about what that decision was like for you and, and what you had to go through uh, in making yeah. that decision? Yeah, yeah. So uh, in college seminary, you're with a bunch of other men from around the country, different dioceses, and you're all there to discern God's will for you in your life. Um, some of the other men there with you are very convinced that they have vocation to the priesthood. Many men, uh, like me, were kind of unsure about that. And so but we're all there for the same purpose of finding God's will in our life. And, you know, the, the truth is, uh, more guys leave seminary than become priests. Um, for a college seminary, the average is one out of three are eventually ordained. And so for the two-thirds of us, um, we have to kind of figure out what we do after life um, for that time. But back to your question, um, it, the time of formation in seminary is intense. It's an intense discernment process, which examines both internal and external forms, meaning those internal movings in your heart, you know, that spiritual life, as well as formation. So we look at your personal character and virtue. So how are you a gentleman? How are you learning to be a good person in this world and exhibit virtue in those things that you do? So we examine both this external and internal form, and through this process of uh, formation, uh, it brings you to an eventual discernment of whether or not you should continue on towards further formation in a seminary. Um, so the college seminary is a little bit different um, a situation than you would have in a major seminary, and that was my experience in the minor seminary. When um, uh, when those around you, um, whether they, you knew them well, relatives, friends, or even just kind of acquaintances, when they discovered that you were in in the seminary in the minor seminary um, at 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 that at that time. Mm-hmm. What was their general attitude toward you? Yeah, this is a good question because you often get this this uh, question uh, when they find out you're a seminarian. So they usually ask, "Are you become, going to become a priest?" And um, you know, we might be tempted to say yes or no, but the truth is, you really don't know. Um, so. Our typical response would be, uh, God willing, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're there to discern God's will. And whether that eventually leads to priesthood and what he's calling us, or if he's calling us to another vocation, a married vocation, uh, the lay or religious, um, any way we look at it, we want to do God's will. And so our response would be, uh, God willing. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is a stance of every seminary, and even those who are preparing for our ordination. You know, they still say, God willing, I'll be ordained. Um, so this is our response. And sometimes people take that, that um, you're, you're making a radical decision in your life. Some, some view that as a, as a courageous or brave decision, and some view it as a cowardly decision. And those are things you can't change. Um, but all we can do is try to exhibit best uh, that we're trying to follow God's will in our life. It's interesting, uh, in today's reading, we have Jesus replying to those that, uh, you know, cry out, oh, we played the flute for you, you didn't dance, we sing a dirge, but you did not weep. You know, those who, mm-hmm. like, is a seminarian or anyone discerning God's call, you make your choice trying to do what you think God is asking you to do. And some people understand, some people don't, as you sort of alluded to, but it, you know, today's reading sort of uh, illuminates that, too, with Jesus pointing yeah. that out. Yeah, 
Yeah. That's right. That's right. So that, but I imagine that that is difficult. You hear other uh, seminarians talking about that 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 pressure sometimes to enter, or sometimes the fear of of leaving because of disappointing others. And um, so how did how did yeah, how did you work through that process? Well, uh, fortunately, I had the good support of my parents um, in whatever I would do, uh, whether whether I continued on in seminary or I left. My parents supported me in that. In addition. It was not just them, but also my vocations director, which at the time was Father Don Wagner, and as well as our bishop, Bishop John Keeney, who um, took a very fatherly and pastorly approach to that. And so I never felt any pressure that I needed to continue on if it wasn't God's will. Mm-hmm. And moreover, I didn't feel any um, you know, disappointment or discouragement from them if I decided to leave. Everyone was very supportive and, and encouraged me to discern God's will faithfully and fully. And, uh, and stay with that. Um, unfortunately, I can't say the same for some guys that I knew. Um, they didn't have a, as an enriching experience with that, and they had a lot of hills to overcome in, in response. But um, I can say that in my experience, I did have the good support of many of those around me. Right. So that's an important lesson for those that are trying to support seminarians or those considering the, mm-hmm. the vocation uh, of, of that perspective that you shared about discerning God's will and and supporting them in, in, in doing that particularly, uh, rather Absolutely. than pushing pushing in a particular direction. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think quite often uh, our tendency is to project our own idea of what what this should look like <laughs> when when it's done. You know, if I know somebody mm-hmm. in seminary and I'm supportive of that, I might be inclined to um, carelessly use the phrase "when you become a priest" or you know, yeah. and and keep directing it in that direction. But that's not what you're in seminary for. You're in seminary to discern a call. Am I correct? Yeah. Right. That's At a certain that's point. That's yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Just to sort of, uh, you know, you're, just because you're there doesn't mean that's the goal. And, and, and even if uh, an ordination does not take place, that isn't a, a um, indication of success or failure. You know, this is, you were called to seminary and you did it. Good job. You were mm-hmm. called out of it. And you did it. Good job. You said yes, like Mary said, you know, as you started yeah. Father in our in our prayer this morning, right. you know. Right. And it'd be interesting after the break, now we have a break uh, in a moment, but to, to hear about, uh, Tom, so then how this has influenced the rest of your life, how this, this uh, time in yeah. seminary and formation discernment has sort of uh, borne fruit now as you've gone through uh, the rest of your life so far. Uh, yeah. I think first we have a break, yeah. right? Is this yep. Real yep. Presence Live? If this is Real Presence Live. Deacon and, Dan Goshi, and, Father Daniel Weiske, hosting from Brainerd, Minnesota. And we are on Real Presence Radio. Delighted to have our guest, Tom Schultzenberg. Yep. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Not Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible, and we hope the future brings you here, close to home at mountmarty.edu. You may know that suicide rates are skyrocketing, but do you know why? I'm Father Chris Alar. While suicide is often related to depression, the effects and causes are different. 
For example, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, and substance abuse are likely effects of depression, whereas purposelessness and hopelessness are the causes of depression. And if you don't see any purpose in life, you will have no hope. In a world that says happiness is found only in sex, money, and power, you will never be completely satisfied. There is only one thing that can bring true happiness, and without it, you will fall into depression and despair. So to find this hope, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Well, we've been listening. Listening? We've been listening. All of a sudden, I have a problem here. Uh, we've been visiting with Tom Schultzenberg, um, talking about his time in the seminary, discernment out of the seminary, and uh, and what happens after that. We're broadcasting from St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd, Minnesota. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, along with Father Daniel Weiske, who just loves it when I make mistakes and giggles like a like a little child. Oh. <laughs> I'm just so delighted to see one of my spiritual children oh, uh, screw up. Like, <laughs> no, just just live with humility and oh, joy yeah. in the midst of this. Oh, world. humility! I, I, that's one of the things. I'm, I'm so humble. That's one of the things that makes me better than everybody else. Is my humility. I understand. Yeah, I've seen yeah. it. All right, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to Tom. <laughs> uh, what were you saying now? Uh, you wanted to, to kind of talk to him about. Uh, um, well, life, life after seminary. life after seminary. You know, after you discern yeah. out of seminary, there's God is calling you somewhere, and you've discerned that. You believe that He's calling you outside of seminary to some kind of work or, or labor yeah. or, or vocation, certainly. And just be interesting to hear Tom uh, how the Lord has led you since then, and how He's used your seminary formation. Uh, you know, in the years since you left seminary. Yeah, yeah. Well, I. Um I didn't fall off a cliff, and I didn't uh, enter exile for many years in the desert. I had to, uh, <laughs> I had to get up on my own two feet and figure out um, where I was going to go from here. And uh, that is a process in and of itself. But, you know, being in seminary, as I talked about that external and internal forum, you have uh, extraordinary preparation for many skills in life. And so wherever you go, um, hopefully you would have the tools in order to understand God's will as you move forward. And so, you know, um, like many of the guys I knew in seminary, uh, they have extraordinary lives in both in their careers as well as their personal lives. They're good husbands and uh, have beautiful families. So for myself, it, um, I was feeling called to uh, the married vocation to pursue that. And shortly after leaving seminary, I started dating. And I'm now married uh, to that woman, Joanne, who's my wife for 11 years. And we now have five children. And uh, it's uh, 
it's a wonderful journey. I thank God every day for my time in seminary because I don't think I could be here without that. I don't think I would have uh, the wherewithal in order to handle um, these stresses and or to pursue that life in, in following God's will. Would you say that um, <clears throat> your time in seminary, you know, that that was... Uh, um, you know, the fact that you went to seminary maybe was uh, just a, a miscalculation on your part, a mistake, and that you kind of corrected your life after that? Or, or how would you respond to somebody that, said, that would say something like that to you, that would approach you and say, oh, I see, so now you, you kind of blew that, and now you're, you're, you've got your life on track again. Because that's a mentality out there. Oh, you know, that's true. It's easy to think that way, too, isn't it? Because it is. mm-hmm. you went to go do something, you're not doing it now, so, right? You... Uh, You've not accomplished. Uh, no, I can see that, and it's something I felt myself. Um, maybe more from a sense of uh, internal intro- uh, introspection, more so than actu- actually people saying those things to me, mm-hmm. um, because I did have that good support of those around me. But yes, it's one of those things that you have to grapple with and understand. Like, look, your time in seminary, while you're pursuing a vocation to the priesthood, even if it doesn't end up that way, shouldn't be viewed as a failure shouldn't be viewed as a mistake, because you're given uh, that wonderful time in order to grow closer to our Lord, in order to grow closer to the Church, to learn more about yourself, how you can serve others. Uh, as I mentioned, many of the men I knew have uh, lead wonderful lives now. They're making wonderful contributions to their Church, to their families, and growing the Kingdom of God here. And we should be thankful for that. We should be thankful for that time in seminary which helped prepare them. Do you feel... Uh, or maybe feel isn't the word, maybe you know. Do you know that God called you to the seminary and wanted that for you, or do you think that he just kind of uh, intervened and corrected a decision you made? Yeah, you know, as I mentioned before, no, I did feel I was actually called to the seminary. Uh, I think my life would have led in a radically different direction had I not gone. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was there visiting, uh, seeing those men pray together, Seeing those men have that fraternity together, that was very attractive. Um, there's something about that which I think most young men, should they see it, would find attractive and want to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something I would do all over again yeah. if I had to. Of course, um, it's one of those things that hindsight, you're like, well, maybe you didn't become a priest, maybe you shouldn't have done it. But again, if I didn't have that formation, I wouldn't be where I am today, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have the relationship with our Lord that I have today as well. I wouldn't be able to be the father of my children and help lead them in the faith had I not had that intellectual and spiritual formation. And so uh, there are just so many gifts I'm, I'm proud to have. I'm proud to be an alumni of St. John Vianney Seminary, and I still keep in touch with many of the friends I had there, and we don't view that as a mistake. Perhaps you can do it as a pause, you know? You know people take gap years now. Um, why not take a gap year or two or three in seminary? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. You know, our former rector, Father Bill Baer, used to say that he wished that all young Catholic men graduating from high school would go to seminary, at least for one year. And he wasn't being facetious about that. You know, he knew that a college seminary can give young men a personal and spiritual formation they need for any vocation. Mm-hmm. So even if you're hesitant about not having a hundred percent certainty about a vocation to the priesthood, and most guys don't, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what time in seminary is for. Right, and I think one of the blessings in our diocese at that around the time that you were in, where some of my classmates overlapped, um, mm-hmm. 
at the time the vote, the diocese was saying, you know, just enter. It's something you do. You, it's exactly the message that you were sharing. Uh, this is a place to grow in your faith and in fraternity and in your knowledge, and it just prepares you for a good Catholic life, to be a good man, good Catholic man, a man, what was it, man for Christ, man for the church, man for others. Yeah. And uh, the, the SJV motto, I think, or men for yeah. So you got it. Yeah, you I got saw, it. I saw it on all kinds of posters and all kinds of shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but th- that was the message. I think it's so vital. So if anyone's hearing today, that that really is a crucial message. That, um, uh, that that's also a way that I think helps guys to feel open to entering. There's not a pressure that you've committed to this lifetime decision. It's it's a, it's a commitment to discerning and to learning, and in the world too, where it can be hard to find um, brotherhood, brotherhood in the faith, that it's a place a lot of guys truly did find that. And I think uh, we've heard some of the blessings from you, and you know, I've heard that from so many others. And just this summer, a couple of conversations towards the end with uh, uh, high schools or college age um, men that are in the area here. Uh, that was one of the big pressures for them, either the sense of, oh, my gosh, I don't know enough to go there yet. Everyone else will know way more than I do. Or, yeah. uh, my gosh, I'm not ready to commit to that. That as a, I mean, you have to know you're going to be a priest to go, don't you? It's like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But those are a couple of big obstacles to guys being willing to enter seminary. So I think just your message here and your testimony is a great blessing to remove that barrier. Um, but to help all of us too, who or everyone who is, you know, not joining seminary but knows guys that that should consider it, mm-hmm. just to know how how might we approach and help those guys, and 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 it's beautiful, I think, Tom and, and Father. If you kind of look at it this way, God had an idea uh, for what kind of husband and father and just man he wanted you to be, and he led you through yeah. the seminary to prepare you to be that kind of husband and father and man. It, okay. it isn't, a, you know, right? It isn't a, I'm leading you to the seminary to, to become a priest. It's because I have these other things for you, and this is the direction I need you to go through in order for you to achieve that. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's a okay. beautiful way of putting it. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to write that down and sell it. Good luck. <laughs> I'm done. You got the rest of the show, Father. All I right. have my good statement. It was born in this office. This church gets royalties. <laughs> this church gets royalties. Oh, okay, good. All right. So, so uh <laughs> Certainly, you know, and, and you've kind of spoken a little bit about this, uh, uh, about some yeah. opinions about others who are discerning uh, the Lord's call for their lives. The Lord's call for their lives is holiness, husband, father, wife, you know, uh, sister, something like that. Anybody that is discerning what it is that they're that God wants them to do and to be, uh, what would you? How would you advise them? Yeah, yeah, that's a wonderful question. Um, certainly to encourage those young men to consider entering seminary, if only for a year. Um, but this is what uh, oftentimes the advice I give is, that in the first line of the rule of St. Benedict, it instructs us to listen with the ear of our heart. And this is what it means to follow God's will. And to do this, we have to train this special ear how to hear. We have to prepare our mind through intellectual study. And, you know, whether that's... Um, courses on your own, or picking up books, or even entering seminary, well, we uh, prepare our hearts by taking this serious effort to deepen our prayer life. And, uh, you know, in the, the situation of a seminary, in that, um, in that building, in that uh, formation, that includes uh, all great things of meditation, spiritual reading, fraternal um, fraternity, and uh, this communal prayer, you know, uh, in the Mass, and the prayers and as well as this intense spiritual direction. And so 
And by this, by our way of preparing this ear of our heart, it's like building a, this highly sophisticated antenna and ready to pick up on these, on these signals from God and, and by which you can help discern, help understand what he's calling you to be. Spiritual antenna. I like that. Right. So now if you had two things you were going you know, to tell a high school senior to do, two things to do to develop that ear, to, to take next steps in discerning, what might they be? Yeah, one thing would be first to um, pray intensely, to, to make it to adoration, to go to daily Mass if you can, pick up some spiritual reading, to take that uh, serious step in your spiritual life, in your personal spiritual life. And secondly, uh, more practically, contact your vocation director in your diocese. Uh, get to know that priest. It's typically a priest, and uh, get to know him. Talk with him about your thoughts, your hesitations, your fears, as well as your hopes and desires. And that vocation director can help you find out if maybe seminary is the right place for you. Uh, if you're a young woman, help you find a religious community, if that's what you wish to pursue. And then, of course, you know, we should never discourage young people from making an intense uh, discernment towards married life initially as well. We can't think of married life as a default vocation. It is an, a specific call from our Lord to pursue that married life, and that's something I learned, too, in my process. Mm-hmm. So those two things, uh, deepen your spiritual life and make contact with your vocation director. Beautiful. Well, Tom, I want to thank you so much for being with us. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and, thank you. Uh, hopefully uh, we, we can get you on the air again sometime, or some other hosts of Real Presence Live might be able to do so. I think you have some uh, uh, other interesting stories uh, in your life and, and uh, ways that you can relate that, oh, yeah. uh, that the Church is using already and that you can share. So. I just have one last question. Yeah? Did, did you become an electrician? <clears throat> I did not. I, have, okay. uh, <laughs> I still call it my dad every now and then for electrical questions. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Great. Great. All right. Well, Tom, thank you so much. Appreciate it. God bless Tom. Thank you Thanks. so much, Father. Right. Thank you so much, Deacon. Yes, you're welcome. That's Tom Schultzenberg, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment with uh, with more Real Presence Live. And we're just going to have a little conversation about uh, whatever the, the Holy Spirit lays on our hearts. So uh, do stay tuned in. That's coming up next here on Real Presence Live as we broadcast from St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd, Minnesota. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 